All right. We're doing it. Snark notes. Mindy Kaling. <laughs> it's finally happening. <laughs> I feel like we have a couple, yeah, like stock phrases when we start these things because we're notoriously bad at like starting and ending episodes. And it's always like, yeah. we're doing it. We did it. Hello. Bienvenidos to Bienvenue à Snark Notes. I'm just going <laughs> to this in French this time. No, nobody wants that. <laughs> nobody wants it. Um, yeah, but no, I, this episode is going to be about Mindy Kaling because referenced in a recent episode, um, where I wanted to try to include Mindy Kaling (laughs) in some black culture references, uh, or referrals that we made. Um, and I, I knew it was wrong and that I couldn't do it, but I just really wanted to talk about Mindy Kaling. So now we're making it a whole episode. So that's, you know. There you go. <laughs> I am really excited that we're talking about Mindy Kaling, but I also found myself for the first time in a while getting really nervous. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, I want to be able to do her justice. And like yesterday I was like, oh my God, I have to like dive back into like all of her stuff. And she's done so much that I was like, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to like capture or talk about everything well. And like Mindy deserves like the best. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think on the plus side, like she'll probably never hear oh, this. Oh yeah, 100%. 100% she'll never hear this. Never know who we are, but like, but you know. We can just give the disclaimer now that like, you're correct. I think it would be impossible to talk about like everything that she's done. Yeah. Like, like I, but I think we're going to do our best at doing her justice um, and sort of like encapsulating why she's so important to us, yeah. I guess. Um. And, uh, I mean, it's, she's just so pervasive, Alice. Like even I was, um, thumbing back through, uh, her book, Is Everyone Hanging Out Without Me? Um, and I was, uh, or, and I actually guess I was also rewatching The Office because I'm always rewatching The Office, but like, I came across the, um, Soup Snakes Aww. episode, which is for people that don't know, there's, um, there's an episode of The Office where Michael is talking about Holly, who's his eventual wife, and he has, like, notes written down on why they're meant to be together, and it's, he means to say, so, like, or have written soulmates, but he reads it as soup snakes. So he's like, because we're soup snakes. And that apparently comes from, like, an inside joke that uh, Mindy Kaling has with BJ Novak. And Alice and I always call each other soup snakes. And I was just like, I just forget how embedded into our everyday life she is. I know, which I also kind of, like, love for her. (laughs) Because, like, one of the things I love about Mindy Kaling is, like, her knowledge of pop culture and her willingness to, like, reference and play with pop culture so I love that like she has reached a level of success in just like doing it that like she she now has become like the one of the things that like Mindy Kaling would reference if like she weren't Mindy Kaling if that makes sense yeah she's just sort of like unapologetically into pop culture I was uh re-watching the Mindy Project and there's a great scene where someone is like you're the kind of girl who like like whose favorite uh, singer is Katy Perry. And she's like, my favorite singer is Katy Perry. <laughs> like doesn't like refuses to acknowledge like that I was supposed to be ironic and like making fun of her. Like, she was like, Katy Perry is my favorite singer. And that's just the first thing to love about her. Yeah, it's just her sort of um, unapologetic approach to like 
and in a way that I hope you and I emulate, and I think we try to emulate. Oh, yeah, I think honestly, she likes what we she don't likes. even try. It's just like in us. Like I think. Yeah. I mean, she likes what she likes, and that's it is what it is. And I mean, you know, there's always things in life, Alice, that other people will always make fun of you for being a Hanson fan, Alice. If I know anything, if you <laughs> someone you went to a Hanson concert, they're like, "Duh, like Umbop Hanson, they still make." and you just have to smile and be like yep sometimes people people won't understand when you like musicals and it's really tough and you just have to keep liking musicals no matter how much your friend doesn't get it yeah yep okay yeah well like i quickly i feel like we could continue on this thread and like just like talk about Mindy generally, but I'm wondering if it makes more sense to dive into like some of her biggest pieces of work to kind of use yeah. that to structure the conversation. Yeah. So I think um like first and foremost, um, like she's sort of like best known for like probably for being like Kelly Kapoor on The Office. That's definitely um, her launching pad. Yeah. Also um a writer on The Office. Um and like actually it's interesting there's like um a podcast called office ladies with jenna fisher and angela yes they like go through and like review each episode right and so she was actually mindy was like recently on an episode of that um but also like as they go through each one they sort of tell you like who wrote this episode and who directed it etc um and i'm quickly learning that most of my favorite episodes of the office are written by mindy kaling which makes it um but like my all-time favorite episode of the office is the dundies and apparently mindy kaling wrote the dundies which is just amazing <laughs> but yeah so um but yeah they often talk about how like i think this was like true in general but they're saying like specifically like with mindy like when she would write an episode like a lot of times like um you know as an actor like you're just expected to read the lines right like you don't know you know like the vibe is sort of like the writer knows best right or whatever and like you don't really like you know like ad lib or like improvise or try to add something but um they're talking about how like Mindy was always really open to like suggestions or like oh the way you did that or said that was really funny or if you were like oh what if we added this like she's always really like collaborative and open to things like that and I think that that's maybe like what makes the episodes that she wrote so special like what's yeah. so great about the Dundies is like it incorporates it's an episode that incorporates like all of the characters of The Office I feel like and like they're all sort of at their best and funniest and I think that that um something that like overall she does really well where it feels like you're you know you're watching everybody and you're getting tidbits from everybody um and it's sort of like an ensemble rather than like an episode that just centers around one or two characters yeah no that was a tangent but (laughs) that makes total sense um you know I I've always so I'm not as big of a office fan as you are like I've seen my viewing of the office is so sporadic and I really need to at some point like sit down and actually like make sure I've seen every episode. Cause I definitely <laughs> haven't. Um, but I've always appreciated the character of Kelly Kapoor. <laughs> so I think yeah. in addition to like writing and I love that, like she wasn't just like writing for Kelly. I think like oftentimes yeah. when, and I think this is society's issue, right. Where it's like, Oh, you hear that Mindy Kaling was a writer and it's like, okay. Yeah. So she wrote for Kelly. You know, like she wrote for Kelly Kapoor and that's just not true. Like, as you were saying, like she wrote for everyone, but I also did just love her embodiment of Kelly Kapoor 
And it's interesting, like, she, she's talked about how, like, she thinks, like, Kelly Kapoor was, like, a very exaggerated view of how, like, the rest of the writers saw her, or, like, especially, like, the (laughs) upper-level writers. And I think it's also important to recognize, like, Mindy Kaling came into the office and was the only female writer on the writing staff. And she also, given her age, was probably one of the youngest. And I'm guessing also was probably one of the only people of color. So that's a lot of, like, things that she is bringing to the table, both in terms of like perspectives. And she's talked to you about like her, how she thinks being like an outsider in a lot of ways has helped her as a writer, but also in terms of like being overlooked, you know, like yeah. she would be overlooked potentially because she, like she's a woman because she's younger because she's a person of color. And right. I think one of the great things about Mindy is like, she's never let that stop her. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, in some ways, she's leaned into those things in terms of, like, the character of Kelly Kapoor. But she's kind of been the person that's like, okay, you're going to view me like this? Well, like, I will do it to such an extreme that it becomes its own piece of art, which I really love. Um, Yeah. I don't know if I'm explaining that well, but, like... No, I think it makes me think... So, makes me think so she then like after the office went on to have her own sitcom um the mini project and sort of like a running bit on mini project where like if someone so she's also like (laughs) saying that she's overweight feels weird but like by hollywood standards she's like overweight right like she's like a typical american woman size yeah i think on the mini project there's a line where she's like excuse me i fluctuate between curvy and chubby Yes. And that's exactly like, like, I think that's a great way to explain what I think you're talking about, where it's like, she has like a lot of jokes like that. Like there's, it's not the exact wording, but there's one where like someone comments on her weight. She's like, excuse you, excuse you. I am as light as a feather. You must be referring to my frail ballerina like body. And like, she kind of like does this running bit where like, someone will comment on her size and she'll make a joke about like how skinny and frail and fragile she is. And I think there are like certain critics who view that as like, sort of like uh, willful, like naivete or like her trying to like insist that like, she's a certain like, you know, or like, I don't know, even know, like that just the criticism is like that that's like not funny or that she's not accepting herself yeah, or that it's like self-deprecation or that she's or right. like playing into like what others like see her as, you know? Right. But I think it's actually smarter than that. Like, I think it's like her reflecting back on like what society's priorities are and her saying like, you know, like, she's like making a joke out of right like that's the standard and that's like what it's supposed to be because it's often in situations where like someone has found her attractive you know air quotes in spite of like or whatever right and so she's like sort of like throwing that back and like uh I think that's what's so great about her like she's never like shied away from the fact that she is like a bigger size or you know what I mean that she's not like the conventional like Hollywood stereotype of attractive but like She's also like, that doesn't mean that there's something wrong with me or that I'm gross or that, you know, like I can't do anything that I want to do, right? That I can't star in my own sitcom yeah. or that I can't like be a writer on my own shows or that I can't like star in like movies or whatever. So like, I think it's, yeah, it's like a little bit more complex than just like being self-deprecating. It's totally. like, it's poking fun at like how people view women in general and how people view her. Yes, exactly. And so I was actually reflecting on this because I was like thinking about it and I was like, is it self-deprecation? Like it feels like more 
complex yeah. than that. Um, and I realized that like a lot of like the, uh, a lot of her humor, and I don't know if she said this or if it was just a realization I had, but a lot of like her humor and observations are about like how the way that she sees herself is at odds with how other people see her. Yeah. And I think yeah. oftentimes how other people see her is like, as you were kind of talking about, like was, is like society being really fucked up where it's like, well, if you're yeah. not like a size two, then you're overweight type thing. And so her yeah. way of kind of playing with that and finding humor is to kind of go in the other direction and say like, to point out like, not only how her view, uh, view of herself is different than society's, but also how like, okay, if society is going to go so far to like one direction, I'll overswing, you know, just to yeah. point out like the humor in that, which I think is yeah. like, more more complicated um and more complex and more enjoyable than just like flat out self-deprecation like right. it's not like she's making herself like a butt of a joke she's just playing with like how right. how society views her in a way that's really refreshing I find well and I think like similarly so um to go back to the office for a moment like yeah very early, like in the first season and in the early parts of season two of The Office, like the character of Kelly Kapoor is like at what you could consider like very stereotypical Indian woman. Like mm -hmm. she's dressed conservatively. Her hair is always pulled back. She's very like quiet and respectful. And then like um, on actually on The Office Ladies podcast, they joke about it. And like they talk about how like more and more as like the seasons went on, like like there's more and more Mindy in the character of Kelly Kapoor yeah. and like, they'll jokingly call it like full Mindy when it's like all of a sudden it's just, and they were like tracking for a while, like whether or not her hair was like down or up and like whatever. But like, I think basically like she took what was like, uh, Oh, you're going to be the stereotypical like Indian caricature or stereotype of like what we think of like Indian women. And she was like, nah. And like, so <laughs> like made the character like something completely different. Yeah. That's like, way more interesting and way more enjoyable but number two like you're saying sort of subverts like our normal ideas and stereotypes of like what we expect from certain people and again it's because like she knows right like she's like yeah like this is like your stereotype of like what an Indian woman should be but I know that that is like at complete odds and it's completely opposite of who I actually am yeah and you know like and I'm going to bring like so much more to that character. Um, you know, and I think she was lucky to be in a position where like as a writer, she was able to help do that and help them like realize that there was so much more potential yeah. there. But also um, the fact that she was a junior writer also shows that it took years for that to happen. Like it shows yeah. like, how important it is to have like, to have like a diversity and like different voices in the writing room but it also shows yeah. like how even when you have that at baseline it still could take years for them to actually be listened to or like have right. the power or like the confidence to like bring that to the table um no totally I I love that I love that Kelly became like more and more like Mindy I think yeah. the character became a lot more interesting when that happened and I think it yeah. also one of the most important things when it comes to Mindy Kaling and this is gonna make it sound like she she isn't great in her own right and she absolutely is but like is the importance of representation like the fact yeah. that like she has changed like what like Asian women are like expected to be in pop culture 
Um, and we yeah. can talk about that a little bit more when we get to Never How Do I Ever, because I think um, oftentimes it's been kind of just like whatever character she's playing. But then when you get to Never Have I Ever, it's like a whole cast of characters, which has been a really cool kind of progression. Um, but yeah, I do think like uh, her changing how we view like South Asian or just Asian women in general has been huge. I think that it, yeah, like you said, like it just goes to show like how, you know, one person's sort of insistence of like, you know, like, no, like, that's not, that, like, that's not how I'm going to be represented, or that's not, that's not know, me, that's or, not, like, a whole subset me. of people. Yeah, that's not the full story, um, you know, can start to kind of, like, slowly change things, and I think, um, you know, it takes somebody with, a, like, a certain level of sort of, like, confidence, and, um, you know, sort of belief that like their voice is just as important as everyone else's. And I think, I mean, I think oddly, so her second book is titled, Why Not Me? And like, just that title alone sort of <laughs> like, I think like kind of gives you a glimpse of like her sort of like life motto, um, you know, but it's always sort of been like, well, why can't it be me? Like, yeah. why, you know, like, and like, just like her not buying into this idea of like, well, like, because you're a woman and you're a person of color and you're chubby and you're whatever, like, like she's just not sort of buying into like the prescription of who she should be that society has given her. Um, you know, and I think again, like there's people who are like, you know, might be like, Oh, that's delusional or that's, you know, ridiculous or whatever, but it takes somebody who's like willing to step outside of those bounds and who is confident enough to be like, nah, that's not it. Like, that's not the full story. That's not me. Like I can do those things, um, you know, to sort of like be that, trailblazer if you that's a lame word but no no it's totally true um no absolutely oh my god I have, I have so many thoughts on this one okay. I, I don't know if this is like the place for it but I want to call out like some of the bullshit that happened with the Emmys did you read about this um uh like maybe but you uh you gotta hit me with it okay so, so I, I forget what year but like uh and i think it may have been like earlier on in the office's run but like the office was not oh, yes. yeah okay yeah they were told by like the emmys apparently that they had too many producers so they went to yeah. mindy and she was like the only producer that they went to and they went to mindy and they were like we can't include you on the list unless you write an essay explaining and detailing all of your contributions so she had yeah. to write a fucking essay when nobody else, no one else had to proving what should have been, I think she even said like what should have been evident from the start, which is that she was like a major contributor as a producer. And like, it's just so incredibly bullshit. Um, anyway, again, might not be the place for it, but I just like, it frustrates <laughs> me so much. <laughs> and I just wanted to call it out because like, fuck that shit. Um. Well, and it, it reminds me of, so, you know, with all the like stuff going on right now with Black Lives Matter and sort of like more and more conversations, you know, popping up about like white privilege and inclusion and equity. Like um, there's sort of this like narrative, I think that we have too in our culture of um, like, exceptionalism so like and that like like I think in particular like of um like like Jackie Robinson right so like we've like sort of like as history has progressed upheld like the story of like Jackie Robinson the first black baseball like major league baseball player right and yeah. like 
so great that they like had to let him in and like you know like they had to change the rules and like not that he wasn't a great baseball player but like that sort of like narrative and like I even almost just did it to her to a certain extent like just to call myself out um just a self call out but like like there's this narrative that like you have to be exceptional or you have to be groundbreaking or you have to be a trailblazer which is why I think I automatically hated that I said that word (laughs) like breakthrough and like a little bit of that is true but it's also like there has to be like people in a position of privilege on the other side that like allow you and like let you to come in right so it's like in that situation like what's frustrating about that is like like she's done the work like she's a writer and a producer and a director on the office she's an actor on the office like that she is equal to everyone else. Yeah, and like she's, she's behind some of the best episodes in the office. <laughs> right. Like she shouldn't have to be even more exceptional for those people to like let her in. Yeah. Right. Like she should just like on her own merits, like she's done the work. So like you will allow her in. And yeah, it's just like that idea of like having to be like above and beyond because you're the only woman or you're the person of color or you're the- Be above and beyond, but then to have to have receipts. Right. Yeah. And like that sort of like demand for exceptionalism that we tend to hold like mainly for like people of color, um, you know, in order to like be like allowed into the club, so to speak, um, which is then like also- you know, like sometimes ultimately prevents like other people of color from having that same level of success, right? Because yeah. it's like, like you're not Jackie Robinson or you're not Mindy Kaling. Yes. So like yeah. we don't. You know. Well, and then also I feel like the tendency of society to be like, oh, we did it. We have Mindy Kaling. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. No, um, that's not how this works. <laughs> well, and I think, you know, then that's why like, the work that she's gone on to do, like that's maybe a good segue into talking about, you know, mini project yes. more have I ever, because then like going on to continue to do work that like, you know, gives other like diverse voices, those same opportunities, mm-hmm. um, you know, is sort of, I think the most exciting part of like her work or her legacy, because it's, you know, it's like a, our favorite saying, there can only be one. Yeah. Like it's like, opposite of there can only be one it you know no totally and I think that's something that we've seen as her career has progressed um I don't want to skip over the Mindy project because like there's a lot for us to to say about it um but I feel like we can return to this conversation a little bit more when we talk about never have I ever because Mindy Kaling actually got like some criticism and pushback because the Mindy project wasn't as diverse as people like wanted from her um, and, and she's talked about how like that was frustrating because she felt like she was getting more scrutiny than like the average kind of like showrunner or like creator. Yeah. But what has been great is as her career has progressed, like she's brought in more and more diverse casts. Um, and it hasn't been just like the Mindy character being like the one who like brings like a different perspective. Like she's kind of rounded out um, her, her like creative works to make sure that there are more people being brought into that. Um, but like, I don't want to, I don't want to bypass Mindy project. Cause I feel like we have a ton of stuff yeah. to talk about with Mindy. Well, I think that that's like also, <laughs> it's like, it's funny because like, that's also like hugely un- unfair because like you're saying, like, it's like scrutiny that you put on her because she oh, is a woman. Absolutely. 100% unfair. In the way that, yeah. Like we're not demanding that from other people, but then also like, 
in a lot of ways, like that show is a lot more diverse, like than other stuff we're watching on TV. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's not entirely fair to be like, oh, the whole thing. And I think that that's, you know, like, that's the sort of like, trap that no, I don't know if trap is the right word, but like, uh, sort of, (laughs) um, that you can fall into like, um, you know, as a like female creator, creator, that's a person of color, like, um, that, you know, everything that you do has to like, does everything she does have to be about diversity and about promoting those voices. And I think like, hey, Mindy, you're a showrunner. Please solve systemic racism. Or right. Like, it's like, you know, like, to some extent, like, you know, like, she clearly wants to include that in her work and for that to be a part of her work. But I also think it's unfair to demand that, like, that's all that she does with her work. No, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And I think it was also, like, part of what was, like, fun and exciting about it is, like, the fact that Mindy like she just got to make a show that was like fun and like about like her and And she was the romantic lead like that was awesome and like yeah obviously like big running storyline for Mindy Project ended up kind of becoming like her relationship with her fellow doctor Dr. Danny Castellano um and like that relationship really kind of became like the heart of the show but like he wasn't her only romance by any means so we got to see her have like some really like interesting and compelling relationships with a ton of attractive dudes and I fucking loved it (laughs) right yeah and I think that that like in and of itself like again like that's not something that we typically like like name another sitcom that has like a female Indian lead like there aren't any so like my apologies Um, everyone we're forgetting Right. So, um, yeah, just like being able to do that and being able to see her and watch her, yeah, like do like typical sort of sitcom, rom-com things, um, you know, that in and of itself, you know, is subversive in a way because it's, you know, it's outside of um, what is normally allowed, like normally in order to like be a romantic lead or interest on tv or in movies like you have to be blonde and (laughs) normally mindy kaling would be cast as like the funny friend like she'd be the is it like judy greer who's like always like the the friend like that is the role that she would be that is actually the role that she played and no strings attached like that is she would be like the comedic like she might have her side romance but like she wouldn't be the main um, right. So that was there's actually a, a great um in her book is everyone hanging out without me there is a chapter um that's called types of women in romantic comedies who are not real um, and she like talks about yeah that idea that like you have to like be like there are like certain stereotypes like that are allowed to happen in romantic comedies and like those are the only acceptable so like the klutz the ethereal weirdo yeah. which is another romantic pixie dream girl the woman who was obsessed with her career and is no fun at all oh yeah i'm that one didn't we take yeah. didn't you and i like take like a buzzfeed quiz I think we did. and i'm pretty sure yeah. i got that one that was like yeah. like you are like too career focused yeah i was like the 42 year old mother of the 30 year old male lead the nice. friend uh the skinny woman who was beautiful and toned but also gluttonous and disgusting the woman <laughs> 
works in an art gallery. <laughs> she's like, how many freaking art galleries are there out there? <laughs> oh my God, that feels like a Marnie call out and also a Charlotte yeah. New York call out. That's hilarious. Yeah, but that's exactly like, she's sort of like poking fun at the fact that normally, um, you know, like we have a very uh, narrow version of like who is allowed to um, like be in a romance and like what women we allowed to be the romantic lead. Um, and, uh, you know, again, like just like just by creating the mini project and like stepping outside of that, that in and of itself, I think is an accomplishment. Yeah, so totally. So another thing I loved about the mini project was actually something that you were talking about earlier, which was like the confidence which like Mindy brings like in her projects yeah. and in her characters. And I feel like you get that with Kelly Kapoor, but you get it with Mindy Lahiri, who's like the Min the character Mindy plays in the Mindy project, like in spades. Um, and it's like where like a lot of like humor comes from, but it's also where like, you know, like w what grounds the character. It's, uh, and yeah. it's interesting. Like Mindy has said like, kind of like that her parents she like was once quoted as saying like my parents raised me with the entitlement of a tall blonde white man and that's something yeah. that the character of like Min that Mindy Lakiri has in spades and even though it's often played for comedy it's also just something that I really appreciate like having like that representation and also just like makes me wish I had more of that and I like the idea that there are girls either my age or younger maybe older who are seeing that and being like you know what I should be more like you know I should be more like Mindy Kaling or Mindy Lahiri and the yeah. characters she play like I shouldn't question my worth I should go in with confidence and like Mindy uh, Kaling has also had some great quotes on like the importance of entitlement and like how entitlement actually gets a bad rap but entitlement is really just confidence and confidence in yourself. Um, like when it's play and like the more important thing is like when you have entitlement, making sure that like you're worth, you know, that you're right. You know, that you're, right. <laughs> every, I forget the exact quote. I actually want to look it up because I don't want to like. I, was gonna say, I think I saw a similar. Uh, yeah. Analogy. She said entitlement is simply the belief that you deserve something, which is great. The hard part is you'd better make sure you deserve it. Right. Um, but I do think especially I'm, I'm like, especially with women, like we're, we're often questioning ourselves. We're questioning like whether we deserve to be in the room, whether our voice is like worth hearing, whether our voice is like too abrasive, like what our tone is, blah, blah, blah. And like to have a, a female character who just like doesn't have those hangups is just really awesome. <laughs> Well, yeah, and I think um, something else that she says um, in that same book is, uh, like, uh, you know, she's a generally, like, happy person who feels, like, comfortable in her own skin. Um, but she, I think she talks about, like, you can be both, right? Like, I think we often think of it as, a, like, like, inherently, like, two opposite choices, right? Like, I know, like, when I hear about like body positivity and like whatever, like it's like either you like hate yourself and you're always dieting and you're like trying to fix yourself or you like love yourself and you don't care about what anyone like says. And I think, um, you know, like Minnie's the kind of person that like projects this like confidence that maybe makes you think like, oh, she's not like worried about what she looks like or like it doesn't 
or whatever. And like, she basically says, like, I do like beat myself up because I am influenced by a societal pressure to be thin all the time. Like, I feel it when I wake up in the morning and try on every single pair of jeans and everything looks bad and I just want to go back to sleep. Um, she says, but my secret is even though I wish I could be thin and that I could have the ease of lifestyle that I associate with being thin, I don't wish for it with all my heart because my heart is reserved for way more important things. And I think that that like is something that's sort of like encapsulated in the Mindy project. Like yeah, I love that. She, like, jokes about, and it is like, you can tell that like Mindy deaf, you know what I mean? Like it's not, not it's never far from her mind. People always are always making comments about her and what she looks like. Right. And like, it's not that she's not aware of it and she's not, you know, aware that there are certain stigmas with being the size that she is, but it's like a choice that like, fuck it. Like, I'm not going to like, let that, like, I have more important shit to do. And like, I'm not going to let that stop me, you know, like from finding love or from having a career or like doing what I want to do. Um, and I, I think that, yeah no I didn't mean to cut you off no 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 I was just gonna say I think um it's also great that like she still shows those hang-ups that she has like in, yeah. in her projects like even though like we talked about like how great it is that like Mindy Lahiri is like a confident character and like a non-apologetic about herself character it's still clear that the character of Mindy Lahiri and by extension Mindy Kaling has hang-ups um, and I appreciate that, like, those are still shown. So it's not just like, oh, just be, like, confident and, like, everything will be okay. Like, you won't have any issues. Like, that's not true. Like, it is, like, it is possible to be confident and still have things that you're struggling with. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No. You're exactly correct. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> God, we're so deep on this, deeper than I thought we would. We're really doing it. Um, so I guess the only other thing that I wanted to say, I don't know if you have any additional mini project thoughts, but I just needed to call attention to the fact that, okay, so we need to talk more about BJ Novak. So yeah. BJ Novak, also a writer. Okay, so BJ Novak was also a writer on The Office. Um, and then it, within the Office universe, BJ Novak character Ryan and Minnie Kaling's character Kelly Kapoor have like an on again, off again romance. And like, so she has stated that in real life, they like dated for a brief period of time and are now, quote, best friends. Yes. <laughs> so then but on she the also says the best friend is a tear which is a great great way of looking at it right so then on the mindy project <laughs> like a whole storyline where she like dates bj novak but but bj novak's character has a best friend who he's like obviously actually in love with yeah. and she, like, mindy eventually points it out and then, like, they fall in love and, like, get together and whatever. And it's, like, so meta that it's just fucking weird. Because then also the whole main, like you were saying, plot of the Mindy project is, like, the Mindy character and her 
public relationship and romance with Danny Castellano, who is basically a stand-in for BJ Novak. He's 100% a stand-in for BJ Novak. Like, that's actually where and I thought yeah. you were going to go with that. Like, no, the whole thing is... And they even have a conversation yeah. about, like, how they can't date because he's afraid of, like, losing her friendship. And she's like, well, that's... And like, is this an actual conversation that you had with BJ Novak at one point in your life? I know. <laughs> well, and here's the thing. And we'll talk about it when we get to Never Have I Ever. Like, there's also an obvious BJ Novak stand-in for for in Oh, my God. Show. She uses everything. Because then also, Minnie Kaling, like, wrote and started a movie called Late Night. Yes, with- I just was re-watching it last night. And there is a BJ Novak stand-in. <laughs> There is a BJ Novak standing. Like, it's literally about being a comedy writer for a late night television show where Mindy's character is the only, like, woman and person in color, a person of color in this room full of, like, white men writing these yeah. jokes. Side note, and it's a really good movie. Like, it's so it's good. It's a really great movie. There is a curmudgeonly, uh, like, guy who's an asshole to her at first, but then secretly he starts to respect her because she's smart and she's funny, and then they fall in love. And I just... Just, just admit, Minnie Kaling. Just admit that BJ Novak is the father of your child. <laughs> they have been quarantining together, and they can pretend like they're not. But I saw a video on in her Instagram story that they were definitely together at the beginning of quarantine, and they were asking for Netflix recommendation. Just, 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 it's happening. <laughs> yes. Like, here's the thing. I. I hate being that person that's like, just date already. But like, in terms of like, just date already couples, they top my list. And I'm sure they like top like a bunch of people's lists. Because it's always like, like, she doesn't even change the hair color. We're like, it's always people that look exactly like BJ no, Novak. Yeah, exactly. It's always some like, you know, brunette snarky, like, white small man like (laughs) yeah they're usually they're usually kind of on the short end and it's just like (laughs) Mindy we know what you're doing and like she is really great at writing romances we've talked about that like already Mindy Project like obviously had other romances besides the Danny Castellano one and ones that like I appreciated and enjoyed but by far her most compelling ones are the BJ Novak stand-ins. So I don't even feel bad that she's doing the same romance over and over again. I'm always here for it. Just, like, admit that it's happening, though. Like, just confess. I know. I know. This is a real thing. Okay. Sorry, I just had to get that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so true. Because I, like, I, I may have even texted you this. I definitely texted my friend Kartik about this. I'd watched like the first episode of Never Have I Ever. He'd been telling me I needed to. Um, and I was like, I've already identified the BJ Novak stand-in. Like, <laughs> like, like within seconds of the character talking, the character like, Ben talking, I was like, that's BJ. Like he's literally named Ben. BJ's yes. <laughs> name is like, the B in BJ is Ben. I'm almost positive. <laughs> <laughs> oh bj just let's look it up is that yeah um yeah should we segue to yes, never have I ever? benjamin joseph you're cor- exactly correct yeah. like she's not even trying <laughs> just admit <laughs> also when you google bj Novak in the like images on google that come up like on like you know the front page where it's like oh his wikipedia and then there's like 
don't know, approximately six or seven images of him. Out of the seven images that Google immediately shows you, four of them are just of him, and the other three are of him and Mindy Kaling. (laughs) Yes. Okay. All right. Talk about Never Have I Ever. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So, Never Have I Ever, um, yeah, it was like a recent Netflix, came out when we were all in quarantine, so, you know. Um, and it's basically, it's, um, like follows the story of like a teenage man character. Um, I'm doing, I'm really doing a really bad job of giving this. I was like, it follows a teenage girl and that's it. Um, do you want me to try to jump in? You could summarize it, yeah. Okay, um, I can try. Um, I'm awful at summarizing. Uh, I feel like we need to bring in, like, a professional summarizer. <laughs> um, but no, um, never have I ever... Yeah, it follows a teenage girl named Davy, um, whose father, unfortunately, passed away the year before. Um, so it's, like, yeah. her grappling with that grief, grappling with, like, her relationship with her mother and her cousin, who just moved in to kind of help, um, and who she has, like, a more fraught relationship with than she did with her dad who was like she has love for both parents but like she was so close to her dad um and then it follows her relationships with her her two friends in high school um one of whom's asian one of whom is black so that brings in some nice diversity and it's kind of also like them behaving badly a little bit which is great because even though they're like high achievers they're allowed to be just kind of like messes and especially for Davy, a lot of the mess comes from like her fascination and fixation with this dude Paxton Paxton and rather than like dealing with like her grief with her father fully she kind of like focuses on Paxton to like an almost obsessive degree (laughs) and like wanting to hook up with him and wanting to be cool and wanting to like have that be a thing um and has kind of become like single-minded in that focus meanwhile there the bj novak stand-in is like her nemesis um ben um and they slowly kind of become friends and it becomes like a little bit of a love triangle a sidebar of uh, my favorite thing about ben is how he calls davy david yeah (laughs) david (laughs) yeah me too. Well, and yeah, and then that, it's such a perfect thing too because it starts as such a nemesis thing and then becomes such a term yeah. of affection, you know. Yeah. And then like, well, and I also I really enjoyed there was like most of the episodes are told from like Davy's perspective, um, and there's but there's one episode that's actually told um, from Ben's perspective, um, and you get kind of like some insight into like him and his family life and like all that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, I think. What was, like, in most enjoyable about it, um, like, there was definitely, like, some criticism about, like, oh, like, Davy isn't really, like, very likable as a character, um, which, number one, not every character has to be, like, super likable. Um, but I also, like, because she, like, I mean, she has, like, some, like, real tantrums. She does some shit that's, like, kind of, like, shitty and, like, she's not she's a great friend. bad to her friends, I think is probably the biggest yeah. criticism. Like, she's very self-centered and self-focused. But the show doesn't shy away from it. Like, no, but I also think that, that like, that's what teenagers are like. Well, like, that's actually one of the things I loved about the show and why I felt, like, even though it is somewhat reminiscent of you know, like to have the BJ Novak plot <laughs> makes it reminiscent of like past Mindy Kaling works. What I thought really worked about moving it to like a teenage setting is that like, yeah, 
Davy is a bit of a hot mess. She's very self-centered. Like she's very focused, but she's a fucking teenager. That makes sense. Um, and then right. in terms of like, one of the problems with the BJ Novak stand-ins over the years is that they always start off as like really horrible, right? And like yeah. some of the stuff that that Ben says, you're just like, oh my God, this douche. Like, I hate this yeah. dude, but he's in high school. So it makes sense. And it's a lot more forgivable that like, yeah, he'd be a bit of like a dirt bag and like she'd be a bit of like a brat and also a bit of a, of like a hot mess. And I know I've, I've like forwarded articles about this to you before, but like there's a tendency, Medial Harry fell into it. It's, it's like Liz Lemoning. And there's like a tweet from yeah. someone where it's like, Liz Lemoning is when high achievers, often with post-grad education, mortgages, savings, and secure jobs at the top of their field, run around shouting, look what a, st a fucking state I am. Sometimes I eat cheese after 10 p.m. What am I like <laughs> for relatability? And like Mindy Kaling uh, in the Mindy Project, Mindy Lahiri was like this uh, like high power, like OBGYN, like really good doctor, but also a bit of a mess in her professional life or in her personal life, like killing it professionally, bit of a mess personally. And like, yeah, you kind of had to take that with a grain of salt in the same way that you take Liz Lemon. But to have like a high school student who, yeah, is killing it, is an overachiever, is getting all the A's, but is still just a total fucking mess, it makes so much more sense because you're like, oh, yeah, they're like 16. Well, like, and then also within the context of like this traumatic thing has happened yeah. to her. And like that, that provides context that, yeah, like a Liz Lemon or a Mindy Kaling like we never really get right like there's no like underlying reason like other than just like it makes them more likable right like the um yeah like the context of like having had this traumatic event um like where her father had passed yeah. uh passed away like sort of suddenly and then that triggered like this weird thing where she couldn't walk for a while oh, yeah. <laughs> and like uh so like sort of having gone through that trauma like provides context for like some of her bad behavior but then yeah also just like th like that's what teenagers are like and like they're growing and they're learning and they're like figuring shit out so like I also always find it really unrealistic when like like I love Pretty Little Liars but like that's a show about adults pretending to be teenagers yeah. right like that's how like teenage relationships function and like that's not how teenagers like behave and like they're also really like I think even the like you know like enemies to like friends to like maybe something more trope like makes a lot of sense with teenagers because like they're always changing like I, I always joke like I like coach teenagers and like you can't keep track of like who likes who yeah. who's friends who who hates who right it's like one day they hate each other and then two weeks later like like they're someone tells you they're dating and you're like yeah. I thought they hated <laughs> no it's like a mess of like hormones and emotions and people trying to figure out like is it hate is it lust is it like yeah. is it love like it's very confusing and it's very complicated and it's yeah so like it it may made sense to me and like i don't know kind of made it fun and like funny because yeah and it like the the other benefit that it has with the exception of Paxton Hall Yoshida who is played by like a 26 year old man he's like 29 <laughs> yeah the other characters are played by actual children yeah. and like actual teenagers so that also sort of like lends it this feel of realness that a lot of other tv shows where the quote-unquote teenage characters are played by adults yeah. like it 
a little bit of that. No, yeah. I think that's totally true. And uh, even though the uh, Paxton like is older, he at least looks like <laughs> around the same age as everyone else, you know? Uh, also, interestingly, so apparently I um, read an interview um, with the actor that plays Paxton and originally um, that character uh, was just like, that's him being half, uh Japanese is based on the fact that that actor is actually half Japanese um because originally he was that character was not written that way gotcha um and then they found out that he was actually half Japanese and they sort of like added that aspect to his character um because they were like excited about it um but like it I think one of the best parts of that character is how like he's commonly referred to around their school as Paxton YH yeah or like Paxton will be like Paxton HY and like that's such a like high school like you have these weird like shorthand names for people yeah um, totally and it's always more people who are like infamous in some way either like because they're popular or because like they're just so they're such a character you know like they're yeah yeah it's just like very like high school culture like I just really enjoyed that but um no I do too I also um so like one thing that I also really appreciate is that like she is like this like you know like objectively like nerdy high achieving girl but she's allowed to still like have like a sexual journey and one that like she very much wants to be in control of um I felt I found that really refreshing yeah yeah no just all around it was delightful yeah there was a lot of um you know inclusion in the show like you said like a lot of diversity in the characters um you know both with like including people of color um but also like Paxton HY um her sister oh sorry I was gonna say has a younger sister who um is intellectually disabled if that's the correct way to say it um you know and so like there's just like a lot of there was a like we were saying, like there was an effort made to make sure that it was inclusive and sort of had some of those different absolutely voices and faces. <laughs> yeah, and I think the other thing I really appreciated, um, so like one of my bigger critiques is probably too strong of a word, but like one of the things about the Mindy Project where I felt like it sometimes fell short was in its writing and creating of female characters who weren't Mindy. Um, yeah. like as the seasons progressed, it, it, like the show got a little bit better with that. But like, for example, in the first season, she had two best friends who then later disappeared because like, there just yeah. wasn't uh, the, something about those characters wasn't working maybe because I think it ended up kind of needing to be more of a, like a workplace, um, sitcom than like a like broader world thing. So it didn't work quite as well. Um, but yeah, like when you listed off the characters, like in that show, it was like, well, obviously you have Mindy and you have Danny and you have like Dr. Reed and you have, um, Ike Barinholtz character and you have Adam Paley's character. You started to realize like, oh shit, like it was like Mindy and then, and then all of her love interests. It just felt like it was like a lot of guys that like kind of filled it, filled out the roster and what's really cool about Never Have I Ever is that, like, obviously Davy is the main character, but, like, I feel like she and the rest of, like, the, like, writers, producers, 
etc have done such a good job of fleshing out other female characters that aren't just like the Mindy Kaling stand-in you know like she has her two best friends who both have very distinct personalities I think one of the more compelling parts of the relation of of the tv show is her relationship with her mom and her relationship with her cousin who's like her who's also a girl and yeah, it's just, it's really cool because that was something that as much as I love the Mindy Project was always kind of on the back of my mind and like to see her kind of progress and like just do it well in spades is just really awesome. Uh, yeah. So I wanted to shout that out. Yeah. Um, question for you. Team Paxson, yeah. Team Ben. Oh, Team Ben. Come on. I mean, I kind of figured. I'm- you had to ask that after my race about BJ Nopek. Well, no, obviously. And, like, I, I am also Team Ben. I do think, I do think, like, so I'm a very much, like, a, like, I take on the embarrassment of, like, the characters I'm watching. Like, even if they're not embarrassed, I'm embarrassed for them. So I'm not going to lie. There are certain scenes with Paxton that, like, I can't watch fully. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> Davy is just like so into him and just so embarrassing, <laughs> and I like love that she's putting herself out there. But I also am like, oh, I can't watch this. I can't watch this. I can't watch this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it was like it was set up like it was set up to make you like Ben more because yeah. like even though we find out things about Paxton that are likable. It's Benny Kaling. So, like, she's on Team Ben, so, like... (laughs) Other thing, and this is, like, part of the whole story, I think it's intentional, is that, like, Paxton doesn't really know Davey, like, the real Davey. Like, he's starting to, but he he doesn't. And, like, Davey, like, for all her fascination with Paxton, like, doesn't really fully see him as a real person, you know? Like, he is, like, she is obsessed with him because... feeling obsessed with him feels better than grieving and being focused on her dad dying. So like he has become kind of like in the same way that someone might be obsessed with like a pop culture icon. Like that is what Paxton HY is for her. So like, of course I'm going to be more invested in like the Ben Davey relationship because like he actually knows her. She actually knows him and they know each other's faults um and they they're still drawn together like despite or maybe even because of some of those faults in a way that it's just like of course I'm rooting for these two crazy boys right fair all right well does that pretty much cover everything we need do we have any like lingering Mindy Kaling thoughts and feelings or I mean probably but I think that covers a lot of the big stuff all right um do we want to end with like a gimmick (laughs) Sure. Explain what explain the what the new gimmick is. Yeah. What the new gimmick is. Um. So I was I was thinking about keep it, which Kelly had mentioned on the podcast, uh, one of the last podcasts we did, and how they always end with like, like a conversation about like things that like oh you can keep it like we don't want it type thing. And I was like oh like there's a potential for us to do something like that. And I thought like I was thinking about our name, and I was like I feel like there's a good potential for us to either snark about something really quickly or like take note of something really quickly um I was explaining it to you and I was like yeah so like at the end we could be like let's snark or let's take note of something like I could be like okay Kelly Hamilton snark it (laughs) and you were like yeah no I got it (laughs) 
I don't have a lot to say about Hamilton. You don't have to snark about Hamilton. No. You can snark about anything. I, I just figured I just, that you would have things to say about Hamilton. What I was going to say about Hamilton is that I don't get it. I tried to watch it. My roommate was watching it. I tried. I don't get it. I, I'm i not sure why I, Why we're all so excited about it. I'm not trying to be David Downer. I get that part of it is just that I don't like musicals. And part of it is that I'm mad because other people really like musicals. And I don't get what I don't get about musicals. I, I, what am I watching here? What, I don't understand. I don't get it. The story of America then told by America now. That's the tagline. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> I was just like really surprised. So I was like texting with Haley about Hamilton and she was like, yeah, Kelly actually like sat down and watched some of it. And because I, I want, I want everyone really likes it. And even people who like aren't normally musical people are like, oh no, it's worth a watch. And then I tried to watch it and I was like, I, it feels like I could have Googled who was Alexander Hamilton and like learned this information that like in like three minutes that we've now spent an hour singing about. Well, I just you felt don't like the songs, you're not going to like the musical because the musical is entirely done in song. I, and I don't know if just like in general, I'm not down with like sort of the earnestness of like musicals. Um, I think that could be it. I kind of love the earnestness of it. I, I definitely hate the earnestness of musicals. That's like baseline a problem that I have with musicals. But I, I just also was like, okay, a fun rap about it. It feels like we just need one fun rap about Alexander Hamilton. Why am I watching a three hour fucking Well, that was my favorite thing about my conversation with Haley. She was like, yeah, Kelly watched the, the whole first act and then was super pissed when she realized that, like we were only halfway through. I was like, we're only halfway done. I thought this was going to be it. Nothing was happening. Uh, you know what it is? What it really comes down to? Other people love it so much. And I'm mad that I don't get it. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that. I, I what I'm missing. What am I not getting? That was like, just, that was normal people for me. I was like baseline. I didn't love it, but then like when everyone fucking loved it, I was just like, no, it's the Mugatu effect. What? Just I don't. I'm con confused. No. Anyway, well, thank you for sharing and sharing those thoughts. You have something to take note of or snark about? Oh, I actually do. Well. I won't snark a lot, but um, I will just say that J.K. Rowling is bullshit, um, and oh. I'm over it. Trash. I'm over her. Trash. Yeah. Trash. That's, like, my very quick snark. Uh, my thing to take note of, I don't know if you've watched it yet, but Palm Springs is legit really good. Oh. It's, like, on Hulu. Um, it was sold to Hulu, like, for, like, record-breaking amounts, and it's, like, a rom-com with... Um, Andy Samberg, and I'm gonna get her name wrong, um, and I feel bad about it, but like Christine Milotti, she was the mother in How I Get Your Mother, How I Met Your Mother, um, and it's kind of a Groundhog Day type pre uh, like um, premise where they like are trapped in a time loop together, okay. and I really didn't as much as I love both of those actors, I didn't expect to enjoy it as much as I did because I normally don't do well with groundhog premises. I like kind of get to a point where I'm like, okay, I get it. Like they're doing the same thing over and over again and they're trying to become better people. Great. Um, yeah. But this one I really fucking loved and I actually watched it twice. <laughs> I 
So take a note Good of that and check it out. Okay. All right. Will do. All right. Well, that's it. Until next time. Nice. We did it. <laughs>